That clip reminds me of life. <laughs> you, think, you think about it. Trying to figure out how to make the right decisions on the path to get to where God wants us to be. Trying to decipher, if you will, the signs and the, the, the opinions and all the things that go on around us as we go through this life. There is a way that you can avoid most of the pitfalls that you face in life. There really is a way. And to be honest with you, it's not that difficult. The solution is really not that difficult. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet. The Hebrew word that is translated lamp is the word near, N-E-E-R. And it means to glisten, to, to glisten like the lit burner on a lamp. You have your lamp, it's like the lit part, the lit burner of the lamp. It can also mean a candle or a torch. So the lit burner on a lamp, a candle, a torch, all those things would fit. The idea is that God's word is, is a torch. God's word is a candle for each one of us, for each person on a dark night. You're walking through. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you all have. You know, it's pitch black inside your house. You can't really see. Or How many people have ever ran, you know, hit against a table on their shin? Right. How many people have ever when you have little kids, you have Lego figures out and you've walked in bare feet at night because it was dark across the Lego land. Okay, painful, painful. And what this is saying is that God's word is a, 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 a burning lamp. God's word is a torch. God's word is a candle in the darkness, the darkness of life, the path that we're on. It will show us the straight path. It will keep us it going down this journey that we're on in a way that allows us to avoid some of the difficult mistakes that we all seem to make. It shows, it shows me, it shows you, it shows people, everyone, how to avoid the stumbling blocks along the journey. It shows us, this lamp shows us how to avoid falling in the pits that other people fall into. It shows, us, it shows us how to stay on the path so we don't veer off the path and into danger or walk off the path that, that so many people should be on. I remember growing up, well, not growing up, but I, when I was 19, when I was 17 years old, I started going to church, came to know Christ, and I tried to invite everyone I could uh, from my apartment complex in New York, New York to church. I'd invite them. And, and many of them came to know Christ, and many of them are still living uh, out their faith in Jesus Christ. Some, though, came. They kind of checked it out. They maybe had some relationships with some people in the youth group, and, and, they, and they drifted off. They drifted off. They didn't, they didn't engross themselves. They didn't set the foundation, their feet in a foundation of concrete, and know the Word of God and keep moving forward. And what a light does is it keeps you on the path, keeps you staying on the path of life. Now, I know this sounds simple, but it's really, really true. God's word, his word, that's what we're really talking about this morning. God's word is a lamp. It is a lamp and it will make your path straight. 
That's where we're in the series, right? To make our, how do we make our path straight? How do we stay on the path? You know, what I've learned is that even people who sometimes drift off the path or people who are struggling in their, in their spiritual journey, there's the desire, there's that desire to, to want to please God, to want to get back on that path. Some people just, they, they go through a time in their lives where they're struggling. Something may have happened, but the desire is there. And, and what I'm trying to explain to you this morning is that it is the word of God that will get you back where you belong. No matter how, how far away you've walked from God, no matter how, how much you've drifted, if you will, away from where you need to be, God's word will guide you. It's a compass. It will guide you back to the cross into an, into a right relationship with God. So the question is, what does the Bible say about this? What does it actually do for us? Okay, what does this lamp, this word actually do for us? Let me share a few things. Number one, it's a lamp that guides us, like I said. It's that compass. It guides us. We often have very poor senses, very, very poor senses. Our spiritual eyes are often dim. We often have a lack of understanding about what we hear, spiritually what, we, what, we're, what we're hearing. We lack wisdom much of the time. We lack discernment. We lack discipline. But the problem is the road that we're traveling is complicated. It is dark. You're on a dark, extremely complicated path that's called life. And you need your spiritual senses to work. They don't, your eyes cannot be dulled, if you will. You're, you're, you need to hear and understand because the path that you're on is extremely complicated. Do I go to the right or do I go to the left? How do I navigate this thing that we call life? We need our spiritual senses. We need all of our spiritual senses to, to make it through. The Bible, if you will, is our glasses, our hearing aid that enhances our senses. You know, it's so funny. People will say, hey, I, I'm sorry I came in so late and we sat in the back and then I had to, and, and people will say, I, I'll be honest with you, without my glasses, I can't deal, tell the difference between you and your wife back there. I really can't. Now, my eyes aren't that bad, but when we got the light here, all right, and then you're out there and with, with my glasses, I put my glasses on, it's like, boom, I can see. Praise the Lord, I can see, right? But without my glasses, and this is the same way, the Bible is like putting on your glasses. You can see clearly. I, I, um, hearing aids is the same way. I don't know how many people here wear hearing aids, but how long did you go without that hearing aid before you actually went to the doctor and got it? And, and now it's like, wait, I, I've been missing so much of what's been said. I've been listening to half conversations. I, I, I'm, uh, me personally, as time goes on, my hearing, you know, my father's hearing was kind of gone almost by the time he, he passed. But I get little by little, little by little, just like my eyes. I remember when I, was, uh, when I first got my glasses, I was in my mid-30s. And for about two years, I was driving around complaining about what is wrong with this culture now. They make signs so small for, pe- for the roads, Right. What is wrong with these people? When I was younger, they made bigger signs. No, they didn't. I just could read them. I could see. 
Now I can't see. So I need my glasses to see. Same thing. We're, we're missing spiritual truth because we can't hear it. Our senses are dulled. And the word of God is like that lamp. It is a lamp that lights the way. It's like putting on spiritual glasses. It's like putting on those spiritual hearing aids. We can actually hear. We can actually see. And we need it because, like I said, the path is dark. It's dark. And it's challenging. It's complicated. It's not so easy just to walk the path straight and not veer off. It's difficult. Second, it's always available it's always available it's perfect for every path and it is perfect for every single person whether you're young or whether you're old the word of god is perfect whether you're young or whether you're old whether you're rich or whether you're poor whether you're married or you're unmarried whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or a business person or a politician or a teacher or a pastor it's always available it works it works for every path and for every person it equips you in every area of your life it throws light It throws light on every conceivable path, every conceivable step that you will need to take in your life. Every one. All scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man or the woman of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every Every step, the Bible has an answer. The Bible has a guide. It will help you with every step that you take in your life. It equips you for every area. A person can avoid, honestly, I was processing through this. You can really avoid so many stumbling blocks. Um, And and you can avoid making life-altering mistakes. If you would allow the word of God, if you're holding on to the word of God, it's like, you know, you have your phones, right? You have your cell phones and on your cell phones, many people have an app where you just or, or just on your cell phone where you push on the bottom and a little a little light comes on. You can push it and the light it shines, right? How many, how many, we, we, I use it all the time now. I was trying to find my remote the other day under my couch and take my phone sticking it under there, right? Shows me what's in that darkness down there. I found some things like, wow, that's what I lost. But it, it's, it, this is the same way. I'm in, in, a, in a more powerful, more over, overarching way, your Bible is like that light. When you hold it out in front of you, if you hold the word of God out in front of you every single day, you will avoid the pitfalls that you face in this life. You will avoid making tragic mistakes because you can see. Let me ask you something. If anybody like to actually do this illustration for me, we'll get a blindfold and we'll stand you against that wall and we'll blindfold you. And then as fast as you can, you've got to run toward these stairs, blindfolded, run up the stairs, run across the stage, run down the stairs and run right out the door. Blindfold. Anyone want to do it? I heard, I heard a voice. Anybody want to do that? blindfolded no i didn't think you would anybody would not we're not going to do it but i i can pretty much pick anyone here and say run from that wall up the stairs across the stage down the stairs now the door most of you could accomplish that because you can see there's light most people in this world go through life 
starting at the very beginning of their spiritual journey or just their journey, blindfolded and running full steam ahead off the cliff into a, into a tree, into all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems that they're facing. They, they, they're running headlong into trouble because most people base their, their decisions on what someone else thinks, what someone else thinks they should do, or this is, I just feel, I feel that if I were blindfolded and I ran as fast, I, I feel like I could run up those stairs and across that stage and down, I feel like I could get all the way out that door. How many people would actually say that? I feel that if you blindfolded me, I just feel, like, I just, Pastor, I just feel it. I just feel, I feel like the, I just feel I'm being led. I feel like, and you think you could feel your way all, anybody would ever, would you say that? I hear people all of the time saying, well, this is how I feel. I feel like I should marry that person. I feel like I should start this. I feel like I should do that. I just feel, and I'm saying, well, wait, but God's word says, and, and I go through it, and I try to explain it, and I try to lay it out as a guide, but if you choose to do that, you're, you're putting yourself in a really difficult position. What I just feel. We laugh when we think about, I just feel like I could run across this stage, up those stairs and down those stairs with a blindfold on. We laugh at that, but we, that's nothing compared to what we actually do. How many of you would like to go back and, and have a do-over? Okay, go back. I don't care when you want to start have a do-over that you would literally put that blindfold on and run and crash and burn and everything else across this stage if you had a chance. If I said, yeah, do that, and then you'll have a chance to have a do-over. You would, have, you would love a do-over. Because of the the tragic mistakes that we have made in our lives, because we were not following the word of God. We were not following the lamp. We didn't have a lamp out in front of us. We put a blindfold on and said, I feel I'll make it through life. I don't need need to really seek out God's word on this subject. I'm good. I I got this all worked out. Making decisions in the dark leads to regrettable, is the best word, consequences regrettable i mean give you another illustration here so there's this stingy farmer and the stingy farmer was mad and he was uh, really getting on his hired hand because the hired hand was taking a lit lamp and he was going to at night to court his best girl and he'd go to her he'd take the lamp through the woods and everything and the farmer was like because he was it cost man you're you're using up oil so the stingy farmer was getting on him and he said to the guy well you know and back in my day I never used one of them, their things to, to court, to go a courting. I just went in the dark. And the guy said, he said kind of warily because he was the hired hand. Yeah, and look what you got. So uh, <laughs> come on now. Right, right. Now, in the first service, I had people tell me stories afterward. I remember when I was getting ordained. On Saturday, I got ordained. On Sunday, they had this little celebration there for me in the church. And it was Sunday morning, and they were going to announce it. And it was early, and I was all hyped up. And, and I was excited that I passed more ordination. And I woke up early, and it was dark. And I didn't want to wake Deb up, so I went into the closet, and I got dressed in the dark. And, uh, yeah, I got dressed in the dark, and I got everything on. And I put my shoes on, and I got to church. And at one point, I decided to look down. I walked to church. I decided to actually look down at my feet. And I had one brown shoe on and one black shoe. Not only that, they weren't even close. One had a tassel. One didn't have a tassel. Right? 
How many people here, I admitted it, how many people here have gotten dressed in the dark and you either wore your shirt inside out and when you got to work or you got outside, the person said, uh, Bob, uh, your shirt's inside out, or you wore two different shoes, raise your hand, in your life. Come on, raise them up. Yeah, exactly, everybody almost, right? When you do things in the dark, you are going to make regrettable mistakes. There are consequences for those things. When you're making life decisions, you need a lamp to guide you. you if you're younger here, I'm going, I could save you a world of horror. I could save you a world of horror. Don't marry anyone, okay, who does not align with what the word of God says. Don't, I mean, a good sense of humor, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, make your list. That's fine. It's good. Make it. And you should have that. A good sense of humor. That person should be this. But it should list, okay, what does God's word say a person should be like? Choose that person. Choose that person. You're saving yourself years and years. Well, we're just, but I love them. And there's a red flag and a red flag and a red flag, but it'll all work out. Red flag, red flag, work out fine. So what they pushed me or so what they did that or said this or was this or they went off and did that. That'll, that'll all work itself out when we're married. That'll all be fine. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm saving you a life of, of, of real difficulty. Do not marry anyone Okay, do not, honestly, when it comes to friendship, when it comes to true friendship, you should choose people who are aligned with God's word. When it comes to trusting other people that you're going to spend a lot of time with, forget your spouse, who you're going to spend a lot of time with. They need, they need, okay, to be aligned with the word of God. Shine a light, shine a true light of truth on that person before you choose to spend the rest of your life. I don't care. And I, mean, I, I say this in love. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you feel. Feelings can come and feelings can go. But if you want to spend the rest of your life, you pick your best friend. You, pick, you marry your best friend and your best friend should be aligned with you when it comes to your spiritual walk. They need to be aligned with you. Third, it's a lamp that cannot be put out. It burns bright for the, uh, the newest disciple and it burns bright for the most mature believer. The same. It will burn bright for the newest disciple and it will burn just as bright for the more mature believer. I mean, I don't know if you're starting out your spiritual journey and you need to know what steps you need to take. So on my spiritual journey, I'm just starting out. I'm trying to figure God out. I'm trying to figure this whole Christianity thing out. You take the word of God, like your phone, like I said before, and you shine it. Oh, there's the first step. That's the first step. Oh, there's the second step. There's the third step, and there it is. And oh wow, look, I'm moving. I'm up. I'm moving on up, right? You because the word of God. When you first start out, when you're an older believer in Christ, how many of us have read the word of God over and over and over again, and then something's going on in our lives, and we read a passage we've probably read 50 times, and it says something so profoundly different than it ever said before. You study it a little bit deeper. You look at the Hebrew, you look at the Greek, and you're going, wow, I never knew that it actually, the nuances of what that meant and how it applies in this situation. It's miraculous. It is supernatural. It shines a light for both the newest believer and someone who's been mature and and has, has reached that spiritual maturity. Psalm 119 
continues, and a light, it says, a light on my path. A light on my path. The Hebrew word for light is the word or. O-R-E, which means illumination, okay, in every sense. So it's the word or, or, O-R-E, it means illumination in every sense. And it's, it's, very, it's really fascinating here. It includes lighting my way, okay, the word or includes lighting my way, so it lights my way, but it also includes, it also includes helping me find happiness on the path and clarity on my path. So I can see clearly, it lights my way, I, it gives me clarity of thought, it gives me clarity of mind, it gives me clarity all the way around, I can see, I can hear. So I had that clarity. Now, don't miss this. This is cool. When it talks about light, it's not just talking about general illumination. It's talking about the state of our lives, the very state of each of our lives, our happiness, our contentment, our peace. That's what it's talking about. It's not just it's not just general illumination. Oh, yeah, I know what illumination means. No, it's showing you the way to live a content and peaceful and happy life because that's what people want. That's what everyone longs for. And they run off in all these different directions trying to figure it out. And the Bible saying the only way you're going to find true peace, true contentment, and true happiness, true joy, all those things is through the word of God. When you follow God's word, it is not just meant to, again, illuminate in that way. It, it, it's, it's meant to, to bring happiness. Now, as I read that, I read the, what the Hebrew meant and all that. And I, asked, I had to ask myself once again, and I'm going to lay it out for you because it's important. How does the Bible define happiness? Because the Bible defines happiness in a different way than our culture defines happiness. When the Bible talks about happiness, it's, it's, some, it's speaking about something that is self-contained. It is self-contained. The happiness the Bible advocates is not dependent on my circumstances. In culture, where they describe happiness, it is not self-contained and it is dependent on my circumstances. I'm with you right now and I'm really enjoying myself. I love being here. I'm feeling happy inside. I am happy right now. If all of a sudden it started raining and a big thing of water started coming through and dripping on a couple of people here in the middle, I wouldn't be happy anymore in the, from a cultural standpoint. I'd be thinking, oh, man, the roof's leaking. That's going to cost a lot of money. I'll be up here next week talking about how much money you need to give more to fix the roof and blah, 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 blah. All right? But the happiness the Bible talks about is not determined. The drip in the roof does not determine my happiness. It is self-contained within the word of God in my Christian walk with the Holy Spirit guiding me. So when the old, in the Old Testament, there's a word. It's called it's ashray. The word ashray. And it means, it means well-being, having well-being. It means flourishing. And it means happiness. Those three words. The, the ashray is usually um, translated into English as blessed. So it's blessed. And there's a passage in Psalm 1.1, and it says, blessed is the man. It starts out, blessed is the man. But it could say, happy is the man, okay? Flourishing is the man. But in English, we translated it blessed, and that's right. It's correct. So it says, blessed is the man 
who does not walk with. Here's the thing. I want to keep, I wanted to, as I read that, I thought to myself, I want to read on. And as I read on in Psalm 1, it, it says, okay, so if you want to be blessed, if you want to be happy, if you want to flourish in this life and have all the things that we've described, what do you need to do? This is what it says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. Again, choices that we make. The choices that we make will determine how our lives turn out. The people that we choose to hang around with now, the people that we choose to spend the rest of our lives with, the people that we choose to do business with will have a profound effect on our lives or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight... So how is the person blessed and find happiness and find that joy and have, find that peace and find that contentment? But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night. Our problem is, my friends, we don't meditate on a day and night. We don't meditate on it week to week sometimes, month to month. You got to go in there and take your Bible out and start blowing the dust off. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. You choose to put a blindfold on and run full steam ahead, up the stairs, across the stage, down the stairs, and out the door. Keep falling, keep falling. Then you shake your fist at God and say, God, how can you do this to me? How can you do this to me? Why would you? I don't understand. All I've got, and you go and you're shaking, you're angry at God, and you walk off and you get frustrated and you, you, you kind of leave him. You stop going to church sometimes, whatever the case may be, because God, how could you do this? And all of a sudden, if you would have the spiritual maturity to take a step back, you'd realize that the reason you are where you are is because of some of the choice that you have. In some cases, don't get defensive, because I know people cause problems in our lives. Lay that aside. In many cases, the reason that Jeff Greer has problems in his life is choices I have made, I chose to make, without seeking God's heart on an issue, without seeking God's word on an issue. Because I felt, I just felt, and that's where I end up. I'm at least mature enough now to not shake my fist at God. I just take my lumps and say, well, if I'm going to make those decisions on my own, that's how it's going to end up. It's used, this word ashray is used in the Psalms and Proverbs to describe um, the happy state of those who are living according to God's design. God designed you. If you want to live a happy, in a happy state or a contented state or in a blessed state or in a peaceful state, then you must live the life that God designed for you to live. How do you know the God designed, how God designed you to live? How do you know? There it is. I said in the very beginning, this is simple. Does it take discipline? Absolutely. But it, it is not, it isn't, this isn't rocket science. If you're a baby in Christ, if you just started coming to church and you're seeking and you're trying to figure it all out, there's your answer. Step by step, little by little. How do I get down those stairs? This seems pretty, oh, oh, I see that step. Oh, oh, I see that step. That's it. That's how you do it. If you're older and more mature in your faith, you dig deeper and you dig deeper and you dig deeper and you get closer and closer and closer and closer to Christ. That's everyone's goal, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what God has called us to do. It's saying that true happiness and flourishing 
comes through obedience to God's word. How do I, fi- how do I flourish in life? How do I find happiness? I become more obedient to God's word. What does it say? How do I apply it to my life? It's a light that shines on our path so that we can see the dangers and so that we, we, may, be, we may be in a place where we can, we can grow and flourish without having to deal with all the stress and anxiety and suffering that we often bring into our lives. My friends, the word of God simply stops, make, stops you from making poor decisions. It's, if you're disciplined, if you read it and you obey it, it will stop you from making difficult decisions. My youth pastor, before I became a, a youth pastor, told me all the things I shouldn't do when I became a youth pastor. And I trusted him because I came up against the things he talked about. And, and it, some of them felt like, oh, that's the, I'm going to do that. That feels, that feels like the right thing to do. But I remember I, he told me not to do that. And even though I didn't remember all the time why he told me not to do it, I didn't do it. And it saved me heaps of trouble, so much trouble. I have a friend who um, I grew up with years and years ago in the apartment complex, and she is having so, many, so much difficulty in her life. And... And a lot of it comes from the people that she's chosen to marry. She's married multiple people. And she says things like, I, I, you know, I didn't, see, I didn't see him for who he was. I, he, 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 he's not who I thought he was. And the question, I'm not judging, I promise. I'm not like, I love my old friends and I wish I could spend more time with them and help them. Um, but my question would be, how are you choosing these folks? By what criteria are you choosing to get, engage in a relationship with someone? Because all the things she describes the person was engaged in and involved in and into and blah, blah, blah and everything, um, it, I'm sorry, but a person cannot hide it that well. Some people are better than others, but the kind of things she was describing, the word of God would have, you put it, just hold it up to them. Shine that light. Whoa, I see a lot of red flags. I'm not going to get engaged in this relationship until those things are actually taken care of. We'll go to counseling, wherever we need to do. But they headlong, okay, put the, it's like the blindfold goes on and just run. Oh, I feel, I have, oh, I just feel it's going to be, it's all going to work out. It's not going to all work out. And God's word teaches us it's not all going to work out and teaches us what to do to avoid it. You should choose your friends. You should choose your spouse. You should choose your business partners. You should choose it. You should choose all of those things in the light of God's word. Every one of them. You not, do not go into business with someone, okay? If you are unequally yoked with that person, the Bible basically says, do not be unequally yoked. You have to choose to make these kinds of decisions that will help you and avoid. Uh, I got to tell you, I have literally in the last couple of years begged people beg them not to do certain things. They're behaving a certain way. I sit down and I have literally, when I say beg, it's not, I'm not using that word. I literally beg them, please, before God, don't do this. If you do this, you're, there's 95% chance your life is going to be in utter ruin in the next year. It, it's like they're, they're, they're in a car and they're moving toward a cliff, and I just want to stop the car and take their keys away from them, but we live in America, and I can't take people's keys away, so I just warn, and I beg, and I plead, but I ultimately have to give the keys back. Well, I just feel, well, I just feel, off the cliff. I just feel, 
That phrase should be cut from your vocabulary other than saying, I just feel because of God's word. I feel like God is leading me based upon his word, not based upon what I, just what I feel because it causes so much damage. And again, I'm not up here trying to beat up on anyone. I promise before God, it just breaks my heart and keeps me awake at night when I know that people are making choices that are going to ruin their lives. And 30 years ago, I get my Bible out and point it out and people would go, oh, Christians would say, oh, I, I see. Yeah, I, I shouldn't do that. Now it's like, well, I know it says that, but I feel, I just feel like God is, let me explain something to you. If God says something in his word, if God says something in his word, he's not telling you the opposite, okay? Well, I feel God is, I, I, I'm, how do I say this? I don't care what you think God is saying to you. If he says, don't do this, don't steal that, thou shalt not. Well, I just feel God is encouraging me to take it. God's not going to encourage you to do something he already told you not to do. He's not, you're not going to contradict himself. These are basic principles, but have profound impact in our life. And I, I, I worry sometimes I'm coming off too harsh. I don't mean to. I just want you to, I want to help you understand that the word of God is the truth. And that's what we need to build our foundation on. That's the concrete that our feet need to be planted in. The people who make God's word their guide and obey its teaching are on the right path. Their, their path is illuminated. They, they're going in the right direction. They'll be, able to, they'll be able to, if you will, mark the road that they should take and avoid the pitfalls that are going to be in front of them that would lead them astray. So many people get led astray because they're not focusing on the word of God. They're only for, focusing on one of the biggest troublemakers is what everybody else thinks. You care so, we all care so much about what everybody else thinks. And then we get led over a cliff or into a ditch. And it's like, why do I keep caring what everybody else thinks? If what they think is what the word of God thinks, listen to them. But if it's not, don't. They also see where their side roads turn off their, the main path. Okay, so you're going on the main path. I will make your path straight. But a person who's studying the word of God and understands the word of God will not be so easily sidetracked. Because here's the thing about being sidetracked, and we all know this. There is so slight sometimes a turn. The turn is so slight off that path that you don't even recognize it until it's too late. How many of us have been walking down the path and then some little jingle jingle or something pulls on us and we just kind of slight, you don't even recognize you're slightly turning off the path. How many of you, how many of you started like watching a sitcom, right? You love the show and the show started out just great. And all of a sudden over time, you like the show, but it starts to and you start to drift with it. Next thing you know, you're watching something you would have never watched before because you slowly drifted slightly. The angle just changed a bit until it's too late. We just got back from Alaska. There are rivers in Alaska that branch off that if you're going down that river and you say, oh, that's so pretty. I want to go down there. People may never see you again. That little, it's just a big river. How am I not going to get back to the big river? The big river's big. But look at over here. Ooh, a little moose. A moose is over here. Maybe I'll just show down there and see if she, And you go off that little, and you go off that little branchy thing. And next thing you know, you're one of those people that they never found in Alaska. And there's a lot of them. You're, how many people have gone hiking? 
you're on a hiking, you're going out hiking. You're like, oh, that looks really pretty. I'm just, for just a moment, I'm going to go off this path and go down there a little bit. How many people have gotten lost hiking, okay, in a place that's not that... I was in New York in the Adirondacks, and it's not that difficult. It was a, a path that went down, and so Josh and I decided we're just going to go off and see what's over there. We went off and saw what's over there, what wasn't very much, and then we're like, uh... And thank goodness I know, you know, north, east, south, and west, and I figured out, okay, let's just start walking south, okay, and we came up on the town, but... It was hard walking through the, the marsh and the thing, and we finally made it to where we needed to be, but we got lost in the woods. I've been there like what? Since I was 17 years old, and I got lost in the woods. Just veering off that path just a little bit. The, it's that slight angle, and next thing you know, you're lost. God's light, his word is necessary for anyone who is, who is, who is walking a solid biblical Christian walk. God's word is necessary for each one of us, no matter where we are on that spiritual path, whether we're just starting out or whether we've been doing this for 30 or 40 or 50 years, God's word is our guide at all times. Let me share a few other reasons why God's word is so important. Number one, it helps, it really helps those who are starting out on their spiritual journey, like I just described. It, 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 will, it, will, it leads us to the cross. It will lead you to truth. You're here and you're trying to seek truth. It will lead you to truth. All truth is God's truth, okay? So it will lead you to truth and it, it, will, and it will also call you to righteousness and holiness and becoming more like him. It will guide you and it will direct you. It warns those who've been on the path for a while to stay vigilant. You need to stay vigilant because temptations and trials and difficulties will continue to come on that path. And they're just around the next bend. You're on your path and those trials and those temptations and those difficulties will continue to come. And they're around every single turn. We need to stay vigilant. So if you've been a Christian for a long time, pick your Bible back up and start reading it again. Start reading it more. It shows us how we can safely, safely advance along the path step by step, step by step. It'll give you step by step instructions. It's not only a light to your path so that you are, you are, you are, it's showing you the right way, but it's a lamp to your feet, showing whether you're keeping to the truth. There are so many people in Christianity who've started out on the right path and have gone off. They have drifted away. Hebrews 2.1 reminds us, we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift from them. We need to listen to all the truths that God tells us. And if we don't continually, continually listen, continually listen, then we may drift away from them. If we're going to stay on the right path, we need to apply biblical precepts and biblical principles to every step of our lives. A precept, okay, is thou shalt not. A principle is, for example, Proverbs says, a gentle answer turns away wrath most of the time. Nine out of ten times, eight out of ten times, a gentle answer turns away wrath. If someone's real upset and you're gentle, it usually brings them down. The other other 10% of the time, they punch you in the face. Right? It's a principle. In general, it's going to guide you in the right way. There are precepts and principles that we need to apply to every area of our lives. Fourth, it assumes... 
it basically reassures mature believers that what they've been holding on to, what they've been longing for all of their lives, it is capable. They are capable of achieving that. They are capable on their journey of reaching that particular goal. It's important that there's a light. This is so important. It's, it's, so, it's so important that there's a light that there's a light at the very beginning of your spiritual journey, right? So you're at the beginning of your spiritual journey. You need to know what steps to take. So it's so important to have that light on the first steps and the second of your spiritual journey. You're seeking truth. You're trying to figure this whole God thing out. It's so important. You know what else is important? It's important to have that light when you're halfway through the spiritual journey. And it's important to have that light at the end of the tunnel. It is so important for you and for me on our spiritual journey, whether you're just starting, whether you're kind of in the middle or whether you're at the end, we need the light at the end of that tunnel. When our path is shrouded in darkness, hear me out. When our path is shrouded in darkness and difficulty, it, 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 we, we begin to lack motivation. We begin to, to lack patience uh, and when, when it comes to holding on to the course, we become overwhelmed. It becomes really a really a challenge. We will, we will give up and fall short when the, the discouragements come and when the, the trials come and the, and the difficulties come along the way. If we don't have that light, if we don't have that lamp and that light, the discouragements and the difficulties and the trials and everything become overwhelming in our lives. And we, we're, we just kind of, we fall short. Without the light at the end of the tunnel, most people, listen, here's what I've learned. Without that light at the end of the tunnel, on the, in the middle and at the end of the tunnel, most people don't have the courage. Most people don't have the, have the, have the determination. Most people don't have the strength to stay on course. And that's not a criticism. It's just a reality. We need, we need God's word. We need it. We need it. We need it so much in every bit of our journey. So I want to encourage you as I close out this morning to keep reading his word. Keep reading the word of God. Dust it off. Do whatever you need to do. Keep that lamp. Okay. Just always picture it as a light. Okay. Keep that light in front of you. Keep it in front of you. Here's what I want to do. You may ask, well, how, you know, how do we do this? How do we start? Okay, I'm going to give you a, a Jeff Greer simple way to start here at the end of July. All right. Here's what here's what I want you to do. I want you. I'm going to put a. I want you to get your Bible app out on your phone, whatever if you use that, or bring it. Get your Bible. Get your Bible app. Uh, or I'm going to put this, I'll put it right up here. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And it's what I want you to do. You can read it out there. You can look up here and read it. But I want you to read that. Just read it, okay? And I want you to just meditate on it for a moment. Read it. Read it a couple of times. Just keep reading it. Read it quietly to yourself. Just for a minute.
3G, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. That alone is so powerful. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. The God of peace will be with you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to right now read it over again and I want you to say to yourself, what is it saying? What is it saying? What is it saying? What is it, now, what is it saying to you personally? What is it saying to you personally? What changes is it calling you to make in your life? Are you anxious? You're overwhelmed? Your, thought, your thoughts always getting pulled to the anxious thoughts, anxious thoughts? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, think about such things. What is it saying to you personally? What is it asking you to change in your life? How is it shedding light? Write those things down. How is it shedding light on your spiritual path? So what does it say? What does it mean? What is it saying to me personally? Right? What is it asking me to change in my life? And then how is it shedding light on my own spiritual journey? Write those things down. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do that every single day. We're going to start in the book of Philippians, chapter 1. Start in the book of Philippians. Read Philippians through. And I, guys, I don't care if you do it for three minutes. I don't care if you read one verse, two verses. I don't care if you read through the whole Bible in a year. Just read something. Read it one verse, two verse, three verses. Read it, whatever. Philippians 4, I, I picked five, right? So read five verses. Then stop and then say, what does it mean? And if you don't know what it means, then connect with a pastor or your life group leader or someone and, and we'll explain what it means. Then what is it saying to me personally? What is it asking me to change in my life? And how is it lighting my spiritual journey? Do that every single day. Every single day. I wanted to do it this morning because I just wanted to start. I don't want to say, oh, your homework is, because maybe you won't do it. I want you to do it now. Take another, we, we're, we're a little over, but take, take a moment and just read that again and ask yourself, what is, it ask, what is it saying to you personally? Something I need to change, something I need to give up, a mindset that I need to let go, this mindset is killing me, the pressure and the anxiety and the stress and the worry is killing me. What is this telling you to do? And I want you to do that every single day. Every single day. One verse, two verses, doesn't matter. Bow your heads with me. God, God, I know this is, it's really simple. 
your word is a, a, a lamp unto our feet and a light on our path. That's, that's pretty simple. The hard part is living it out in our lives. God, I just pray that we would have the spiritual discipline to pick up our Bibles and read one verse, two verses, three verses, and just ask those questions. What are you asking us to do? What are you asking us to change? What is it saying to us personally? How are you speaking to me personally? God, I pray as the pastor, one of the pastors of this church, that you would help each person on their spiritual journey. Help them get to where they need to be, Lord, closer to your son, Jesus Christ. Help them overcome the struggles they're facing right now. Draw draw them back to yourself. If they've been off the path, put them back on the right path, Lord God, and then hold them tight. If they need to right now, Lord, carry them, whatever you need to do. But help each one of us become the person you've created us to be. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great, great week.